section twenty of the inheritance by susan edmonstone ferrier this librivox recording is in the public domain volume one chapter twenty what silence hides that knowest thou dante on joining her mother in her apartment gertrude found her walking to and fro in that manner which plainly indicates great mental disquiet she continued to pace backwards and forwards for some time as if lost in thought then suddenly stopping she said somewhat abruptly gertrude do you remember your nurse ah mamma can i ever forget her replied her daughter tears springing to her eyes at the remembrance of all the care and tenderness she had experienced for years from the faithful creature yes i know you were very fond of her and she of you well the stranger who caused me so great an alarm to-day was her husband her husband mamma repeated gertrude i thought he had been dead many years ago i thought so too but unfortunately it is not so i say unfortunately for he is likely to prove a troublesome appendage to us those sort of people are always unreasonable and he seems to think his wife's care and attention to you and her long services in the family give him a claim upon our gratitude which i fear i shall not find easy to answer in short he seems a needy rapacious man urgent for money which i have not to give and yet am loath to refuse it is certainly my duty to do something for him mamma answered her daughter but you know i have nothing in my own power all i can do is to speak to my uncle for him no no cried mrs st clair impatiently that will never do and she resumed her pacing up and down why may i not ask lord rossville to assist him mamma inquired gertrude in some surprise surely the husband of my nurse of one whom i love so dearly has a right to expect something from us something yes something but what is that something to be how much money have you got at present gertrude her daughter named the sum which was a very trifling one good heavens what shall i do exclaimed her mother with the look and accent of despair how shall i ever be able to raise a sufficient sum dear mamma why should you distress yourself so much about it only suffer me to speak to my uncle gertrude you will drive me mad have i not told you that it would be destruction to me to breathe a syllable of this matter to any human being destruction mamma repeated her daughter in astonishment not unmixed with terror at her mother's vehemence bring me what money you have every sou and no questions you will perhaps know all soon enough murmured she throwing herself into a chair as if exhausted with the violence of contending emotions then rousing herself as her daughter was leaving the room to obey her and fetch me your ornaments gertrude all of them quick no more words and she waved her hand impatiently for her to be gone 
gertrude was too well acquainted with her mother's imperious manner to attempt any remonstrance but she could not conceal the astonishment and reluctance with which she set about obeying her having collected all the money and the few jewels she possessed she brought them to her mother surely mamma said she it cannot be necessary for me to give my earrings and bracelets to my nurse's husband the money he is welcome to but really i am churlish enough to grudge him my trinkets keep them then said mrs st clair pushing them from her with contempt keep the paltry bauble since it is too great a sacrifice to part with them even to a parent oh mamma what cruel words i spoke in jest take them take all everything that i have and she drew the rings off her fingers and unclasped those in her ears no no said her mother in the same cold bitter tone keep your precious jew jaws you surely would not give your pearl necklace to save me from ruin that would be too much indeed mrs st clair well knew how to turn to her own purposes the quick generous temper of her daughter stung to the soul by her mother's reproaches gertrude burst into tears she besought her forgiveness she implored her to take the baubles till at length she prevailed and what gertrude would in other circumstances have considered a sacrifice she now looked upon as a privilege so differently do things appear according to the state of our minds to show that i do not exact more from you than i do from myself said mrs st clair going to her jewel-case i too must part with all i possess and she took out all her own ornaments and began putting them up along with those of her daughter gertrude assisted with a good grace for she was still in a state of excitement she saw all her elegant and fashionable bijouterie all the cherished tokens of remembrance all the little gifts she had received from far distant friends and companions one by one folded up and she still felt only joy in the thought that she had parted with them for her mother but she could not suppress a sigh when she came to an old-fashioned hair brooch in the form of a heart set round with garnets that was the gift of my dear nurse said she timidly and she made me promise that i never would part with it subjoined mrs st clair well keep your promise and your locket gertrude it is of little value it can make no difference surely he would not grudge you that he repeated gertrude indignantly it is not for him it is for you but why she stopped and looked inquiringly in her mother's face gertrude it is natural that your curiosity should be excited by what you have seen and heard and the time may come perhaps too soon when it will be amply gratified but when it is i tell you that it will it must be at the expense of my life now speak ask what you will and i will answer you but it must be on these terms oh mamma what a wretch you must think me said gertrude again giving way to her tears headstrong perverse disobedient you may have found me but surely i do not deserve such killing words would that i could share in your distresses whatever they are if by sharing i could lessen them mrs st clair shook her head and sighed deeply i believe you gertrude i know you are superior to the meanness of mere curiosity and i think i may rely on your affection may i not 
her daughter answered by throwing herself into her mother's arms and mrs st clair pressed her to her bosom with emotions of tenderness and affection such as she had never before displayed when she regained her composure she said now my love we understand each other you are aware that my reserve proceeds from no distrust of you i feel that your forbearance is the result of your affection for me henceforth all that you have to do is to prove your sincerity by your silence you have only to promise that you will never disclose what you have witnessed or what you may yet witness in my conduct that may seem strange and mysterious and that you will never reveal what i have now told you about that man neither his name nor his connection with us must you ever breathe as you value my life gertrude promised solemnly promised and her mother again tenderly embraced her declaring herself satisfied you know not what a load it takes from my mind to find you thus prudent tractable and confiding with feeling enough to participate in my vexations with delicacy to repress all idle curiosity with affection to assist me in my difficulties may heaven reward you gertrude for all you have done and will do for me and now continued she as she finished the packet she had been making up i am going to give you a yet stronger proof of the trust i place in you this packet must be delivered to-night to the person for whom it is destined i have promised to meet him at the temple near the end of the lime avenue next the deer park at eleven o'clock and you must accompany me the family will then be at supper i shall plead a headache alas no vain pretext and she pressed her daughter's hand to her throbbing temples as an excuse for retiring to my room you will of course attend me and we shall then find no difficulty in stealing out unperceived i know all you would say gertrude continued she in a quick impatient tone as she read her daughter's disapprobation in the glow that mantled on her cheek but there is no alternative it must be so yet if you repent your promise i am ready to release you from it though my ruin should ensue speak do you wish to be free gertrude could not speak but she gave her mother her hand in token of her submission then turned shuddering away her mother again caressed her be composed my love all will yet go well let us dress for dinner continued she as her maid entered for the purpose of preparing her toilette then whispering try to look cheerful my love remember looks may betray a secret as well as words put some flowers in your hair and make yourself at least look gay for my sake do my sweetest gertrude sighed and they separated End of section twenty